Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola. Everyone's in studio this week. To my left is Leif Johnson. Hi. Jason Cross. Hello. And our, the most important man in the room, as I like to call him, as I always say. (laughs) You make me blush. (laughs) Is our producer, Dan Masuoka. Hello, everyone. And as I always say, he's the most important man in the room because he represents you, the viewer, who's watching us live right now. If you have any comments or questions, please let us know on Twitter and on YouTube. Well, we already have something. There's no iOS 11.4 update available? (laughs) Question mark? What's going on here? (laughs) Wow, that was fast. That was fast. So, yeah. So, uh, as Dan pointed out, great example that we like to hear from you, our audience, (laughs) watching us live. So, any comments and questions, Dan takes a look at, keeps an eye on those rooms, and he'll let us know what you guys are thinking. So, please, any comments or questions, uh, it's important to our show. And our topics today, we're going to talk about uh, external graphics units. We're going to talk about the developers union. But first, as one of our viewers pointed out, we're talking about iOS 11.4. Yeah, is that a typo? It's not a typo. No, not a typo. Specifically, where is it? I know. Mm-hmm. So it, it lives kind of, it lives in beta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of There's here. There's been six beta releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason why iOS 11.4, we're kind of excited about it is because there are two, well, two features in it that we're all kind of waiting for. Mm-hmm. And I might as well get to it. We held held a poll on Twitter asking what features about 11.4 are people most excited about. The number one feature is messages in iCloud. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, 57% of people who voted uh, are looking forward to that feature. 37% said AirPlay 2. And then 6% said Schoolwork and ClassKit, which was introduced, was it November? When was that Chicago event now? That was so long ago. March. It was March. I think March. it was March. Was it, was so long. it was only March. November. No, it was, it was March. March. Um, yes. Yeah, they, they, when they announced that, those are coming in a little bit. Yeah. Important. And that's very, those are very niche features. You know, those are mm-hmm. kind of developer centric. So it, yeah. it, it makes sense that it didn't get a lot of votes. Mm-hmm. So, But these other two were announced and Mm -hmm. demoed (laughs) at WWDC last year. And we're less than three weeks, we're less than two weeks, right, from WWDC this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, where are they? (laughs) And six betas is, for these late stage point releases, six betas is kind of on the high side. Usually they're not in beta that long before they release them, but it's, Probably because there's still major features. AirPlay 2 has come and gone from (laughs) iOS 11 uh, beta releases. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been in like 11. pushing it back. iOS 11.4 has been in beta six iterations. Mm -hmm. But those two features Mm -hmm. have been in beta since who knows how long. Yeah, earlier prior versions of iOS 11. Right. right? So it's not like they just started testing those two features in particular. They've Uh been in the cycle for a long time. It's like waiting for the next George R.R. Martin Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I get how they're difficult to get right um, yeah. especially something like I, messages in iCloud because if you've ever used any of these services that sync messages yeah between devices like in the cloud and stuff like there's always something wrong and when it goes wrong it's maddening mm-hmm. <laughs> like like how come 
when it works fine and then suddenly you just don't get a message on this device or whatever yeah. and you don't know why or something gets out of order or whatever you know so it's they want to get it right Right. But it's been a, it's been a, it's been a while. Come on, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm and I'm waiting for that one. That's that's for me going to be one of the most useful yeah. features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sick and tired of like getting a message in my phone and then deleting it, and then I go to my Mac at home and all of a sudden there's like twelve different <laughs> <text> yeah. messages <laughs> and I'm like I have to clean that up. And, right. And, you know it's it's not a difficult thing to do, but. It's busy work. Right. It's busy work. It's one of those things like, why isn't it? Just, and then it you feels set like up, a simple thing you to set do. up any new device right. and you're starting from scratch. <laughs> right. It's syncing from there forward, but you don't have any of your history. Right. Stuff, you know, so especially yeah. given what, what's in our messages these days. Yeah. That's the worst part. You know, it's yeah. great. It's great to have that. So Yeah. And especially since they've added so many features to iMessages to where, yeah. you know, it makes it interesting just beyond text messaging. Um, that's another reason that mm-hmm. have that it's really important to have it. Yeah, there there are very few Apple historically. Very few. There are very few times where they release a feature that still has a lot of work ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they've kind of held back on releasing like AirPlay two and messages in the cloud isn't that surprising. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's taken this long, yes. yeah, is is the surprising part. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, it was over, it's only been almost can, a year can now. Can you recall another time where something announced at WWDC wasn't released by the next WWDC? Yes, yeah, like a like a software feature or something, I, you're not a delayed piece of hardware. Yeah, I'm sure there's something that I can't I can't I mean the air power is gonna end up where's that? Right. right so right. That's, air power. That's another thing. But although that was uh, announced at the iPhone event, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I think not so. at WWDC yeah, yeah. because that was announced with the new iPhones. Right. And I want to say Apple file system, but I don't remember. Oh yeah. Did that version of Mac OS take that long to release that it wasn't at the next WWDC? Something, maybe something like that. Maybe yeah. if someone in the audience can remember, I don't remember. I, I have a hard so, time really thinking of any, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially anything customer facing. Exactly, that, that, that took that long. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Apple file system is something that most people would be like, "What's that?" And yeah, then, you they know, wouldn't notice it. They wouldn't yeah. notice it. So, uh, if anybody remembers when that wasn't revealed and when it was officially announced or officially released, I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I don't. It feels like it, there was a long period. Was it Sierra or was it? It was Sierra that first actually shipped, but but then they it was an optional. All right, uh, my yeah. brain is telling me it's like an uh, it was an optional thing before I, Sierra, and exactly. then Sierra was the one that officially like pushed it to everyone. That's what that's what I want to say too, but I can't remember. If that's you could like exactly. format a drive. Yeah, as that sounds familiar. Optionally. Yeah, it was, but also I want to say like it wasn't necessarily a public beta, mm-hmm. right. but it was kind of like understood that this this was going to take a while kind yeah, of so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean because yeah it wasn't one of those things that you know apple file system and every every user goes well yeah you know yeah. They, they don't even know what it means whereas no. messages in the cloud is kind of a thing like yeah that's yeah that's yeah like you were saying it's a user facing kind of well we have so. a couple of questions, questions on twitter, twitter. the first, first one, one kind, kind of brings up, up the point, point. um that is, and, and the question is any idea when apple pay cash will go live in the uk um, it's, it's on the, the wallet, wallet, but it can't, can't be activated. activated. So that's kind of like a features that are not available everywhere. Yeah, that's that's 
usually that doesn't come with new um, iOS oh, releases. Right. Like iOS release makes Apple Pay Cash possible, and then it's down to Apple working with the banks and all that stuff. Well, that's probably more of an EU based thing, so, right? Yeah. You know. I think yeah, that's more of regulatory type. That's yeah. Stuff. And and they never really announce ahead of time all the country rollout. Like they'll do it when yeah. they first announce the feature, they'll say and it's coming into the US in November right. or right. something and then you know other countries. So I don't remember Apple giving any kind of date on the UK for Apple Pay Cash. Usually when they do you know further countries like that it is kind of like a quiet release and, and I think yep. that's what it, it's like on the back end it's not really the actual yeah, patch. Yeah. Exactly. Um and then there's another, another question, question and that's, that's Hades asking, asking um about bringing newer software to like or if you can emulate a newer iOS on an unsupported device, device. so like you know maybe you have a really old iPad so that you can run the newer apps. Like how does how is that possible? Is there, is there any way to do that? I don't think there is a way. No. I don't think there's a way to do yeah. that. Yeah. And if anything, that kind of thing would go in the opposite direction. Like yes. you would never right. emulate newer. Mm-hmm. That's that's just supporting the newer OS. Right. Then yeah. it would just yeah. support the newer OS. And, and Apple has no reason not to make old devices support the new OS, like artificially. Right. Yeah. right. It's When they cut a device off, it's for a technical reason. And they go further back than anyone. Yeah. yeah. That's can you, true. Can yeah. you jailbreak it? And do it or no? It just won't work. I don't think you can. I don't think it. I I've never heard of anyone jailbreaking and running a newer, unsupported version of the OS and having it actually work in any fashion. Huh. Okay. Because, like I said, it's usually a technical reason. Like Mm -hmm. they just won't support 32-bit anymore, or they need these extensions that processor extensions or a certain amount of RAM or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think there's 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 some some hardware hook that. That newer OS. Honestly, they go back five years. So if your yeah. device yeah. is over five years old and you want to run the newer OS on it, you're going to have a. Re- if it worked, it, you would have a bad experience. Yes, it would be so slow yeah. and ponderous and annoying. At, at this point, you're better off. Yeah, like you need a, a newer device, even if it's not a top of the line device. You don't have to spend a thousand dollars. Right. And that's important to say because, you know, a lot of people cynically say, oh, Apple is just aimed at getting you more phones these, um, every year. But no, Apple, Apple is actually pretty good at supporting its older devices. And it, it, like you said, it goes way back. And if it just can't run it, it can't. So the idea is, yeah, you do better, need to get a newer device. Better but, than any Android phone. Yes. I mean, not, it's not even close. So do we have any predictions on 11.4 when it'll be released? I would say, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be released at WWDC. Yes. I think it's before. I don't think, think they can. Before. I think it would be embarrassing for them. WWDC is always about the new. Right. That'll be the high. Right. There's no way they're up stage, on stage talking about iOS 12 and releasing <laughs> features, major features in iOS 11 no, at that time. Okay. Like, that would be embarrassing. I think they... Also, the last beta, beta 6, came out just a few days uh-huh. after beta 5, uh-huh. mm. uh, just for developers. And usually when that happened, and uh, beta 5 was re- the really big download. It was like downloading the whole thing again, right. another two gigs or something. Right. Usually those are signals that, oh, this is a release we're candidate, right? This is okay. where, if it's not gold master, like this is, we think we're done. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, it could be dropping today for all we know, but I think it's 
definitely got to be before WD. I thought actually it would drop today. Right. Yeah, while so we're talking, it would mess us up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it would drop today because we were going to talk about it. So. But well, uh, this is why I was, that, that's kind of why I was saying that thing about the question. You know, what I was saying, we're getting so close to WWDC, and you know, that was one of the things I kind of jokingly, you know, said as a possible poll topic is, you know, should they just like roll all this into iOS twelve and not even worry about it because it's going to basically it'll be embarrassing. So right. It's, but then iOS 12 won't release till the fall. Right. That's true. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to make them wait till the fall. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So the OSs that they showcase at WWDC usually doesn't ship until the fall. Like, is it, I want to say end of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually yeah. right around when the yeah. new iPhones hit. Yeah. So, like a week or two before. Or right. Something. Then make yeah. it within the next week then. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, WWDC is June 4th. Uh, Fourth through sixth or something, but the fourth is the keynote, the big the keynote. Is the, the keynote, and then and the big announcements usually happen during the keynote. Mm-hmm. So the fourth. So, uh, and it's the, the, if you want to watch the keynote, you can watch it. You can watch the keynote online mm-hmm. uh, at Apple's website, and I think also through the Apple TV app, the events app, yep, and the WWDC iOS app, mm-hmm. which still has 2017 content in it. I checked it last <laughs> night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they don't want to reveal anything. And Safari. Um, and Safari, You can watch yeah. on Safari on, on iOS Safari. devices or Macs. Yeah. Not on Windows. Although, weirdly, they support Edge on Windows. <laughs> it's, it's because of the the streaming protocol that they use. It's supported right. by Edge, but it's not supported by like Chrome or anything like okay, that. And, and Apple has no desire to change whatever. <laughs> so if you're on a Windows PC at work or something yeah. like that and you want to watch the stream or something, Edge works. Yeah. So And then Safari on a Mac. Yeah. So if you're interested in watching that, they also do... So WWDC is, you know, it's 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 developer focused. There are a lot of workshops and sessions that developers there go to. All of those are streamed online, but mm-hmm. you have to be signed up as a developer to see those sessions. Right. So the keynote is available to everyone, but all the other sessions you have to sign up as a developer online uh, if you want to watch. And that's a hundred bucks, right, a year? I think it's a hundred a year. Yeah. Still. Yeah, so. you don't have to sign up for WWDC. No, which is fifteen hundred, I think, wow. for the cheap ticket. Right? Yeah, something like that. So, and the thing about WWDC, if you think you want to go, you can't. So, mm. oh, it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too late. It's too late. So, because it's done, they essentially have a lottery because uh, space is limited. Mm-hmm. So, a limited number of people get to go, which is why they stream everything online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so if if you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll go. No, you can't just drop by. <laughs> You'll be so, there though. I will be at the keynote. Uh, so I will be at the keynote, and we will be reporting. All of us as a group will be reporting on the happenings there. So uh, stay t- stay tuned for that. There were also a couple other Apple announcements that happened in the past couple of days. Like today, they announced the. Um, the uh, fifty dollar rebate yeah. for the batteries, right? So, right, yeah. So if you uh, paid the full, is it the full seventy nine? If you paid seventy nine dollars for an iPhone six battery swap between, I think January and December twenty seventeen, or okay. whatever, then they won't refund you the fifty dollar difference now that they dropped it to twenty nine dollars for that phone, uh-huh. but they will give you a fifty dollar credit. That's a correct credit, okay? So. So you get a credit towards the Apple Store, and you you know you could use it to buy a cable 
<laughs> right. You can buy it. You use it to buy the new nineteen dollar two, right. two new nineteen dollar USB C right. one meter cables. Or you could use it to buy a lightning to headphone adapter <laughs> that you probably lost four or five times. <laughs> so So Hi- Hades, Hades has a, a, a kind, kind of like, like a, a higher level, level question. In. And that, and that is, is, when do you think OS systems will be more predictive in kind of like figuring out what you're trying to do and what your next process is going to be? Um, and that kind of, I guess, you know, when do you think... This, this is my question then is, when do you think there's going to be like a major OS update where you're like, wow, this is like, this is different? Hmm. So your question first... I think it might be a while. Actually, it was pointed out on Twitter today by a few people that uh, today, as of today, I, I have to make sure I'm wording this mm-hmm. right. As mm-hmm. of today, OS X is now older than the classic Macintosh operating system that I it replaced. That's right. the way it goes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I mean, how, how many years is that? It's a lot is of years. 10, I'm <laughs> ten is it, right? Is it 10, ten years? Yeah. Was yeah. That? So for for a major I mean there's always been this kind of thought that eventually iOS and macOS would kind of merge. Mm-hmm. And but which kind of goes counter to what Apple's always been somewhat presenting or or verb actually stating. Yeah. But in practice, you'll see iOS features that have been brought over to macOS, like the launch pad and, and things like that. Yeah, so just has nice. So, right. So maps and Siri and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they've always said that uh, they believe that there there are two ecosystems, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. there are separate ecosystems if you count watch and you right. know TV. So whether, so I guess my point is. If there is going to be a major revamp, the next major revamp would would be if it would if if it ever happened if it ever happened yeah. would be a convergence of w- just one OS for all those mm-hmm. uh, all those for that ecosystem for all the e- for the separate ecosystems, mm-hmm. not necessarily a brand new operating system that looks and feels different, mm-hmm. right? So, but it would have to look and feel a little different in order to right. converge, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, I so. think. There, there's been rumors to that effect, and it's like always way in the distance. Yeah, and rumors are way in the distance are yeah. always <laughs> fuzzy. Um, but iOS is due for a, a at least a visual yeah. overhaul of some sort. Yeah, um, and that was one of the the long rumored things that was going to be part of iOS 12 and got pushed back to the next release right. to give them more time to. Not to bite off more than they can chew, which they seem to have done with iOS 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the, that the visual refresh has yeah. been pushed off from iOS 12. But I don't think that that's like even if they make the home screen and the lock screen stuff like work and look a little different and whatever, that's not going to fundamentally change the way right. we use the OS. Right. And I think a good to the to the viewers' question about it being more predictive. I think we're going to see that come in stages the way that um, if you look at what Android P is doing, um, that they have a thing where in your app drawer, you know, it's going to not just predict, oh, this is an app you use at this time and place usually, but it's mm-hmm. going to deep link into it. This is the playlist you do, you, mm-hmm. you usually play. This is the directions you do. When you hit that, you not just open that app, you open that app to that function, right? Um, 
but it's not an overhaul of the whole operating system into this right. grand predictive thing. It's it's bringing small predictive things into a piece of the interface that's yeah. already there. And if anything happens with that, I mean, Siri does app recommendations now, right? You know, based on that stuff when you yeah. pull open that drawer. I think we're gonna just see stages. Yeah, I, integra- yeah, slowly integrated stages of more predictive right. things. And there's some there's very primitive forms of that now like if you op- i can't Definitely even think not. of an app but if you open a particular app like say on your mac it'll open the last document you worked on there's some apps that right. do that that's to say that's predictive is not really correct mm-hmm. right it's a re- and you know <laughs> it's convenient that's called a history so. really. it's convenience. Yes. You're right yeah but, but it's, it's the like, same thing it's, it's right. the same thing like we know what you're going to do next mm-hmm. right pretty much it, it's and, it's trying to get there <laughs> yeah, yeah. right and it's sort of a i guess not, to use the word hack is is not the right way, but it, you know it's it's kind of a hack to do it. Yeah. But uh, so it's it's it, I guess my point is it's it's definitely something that's top of mind. Mm-hmm. So it's not the kind of thing you'd want to rush into and build a whole OS around because right. Right. it's so often wrong. Right. It's so hard. <laughs> All these predictive things are just like, and there's nothing more frustrating than having significant parts of your entire interface like filled with stuff that is a unfamiliar because like that's not what was there before Mm -hmm. and b wrong (laughs) like i'm not gonna tab on that yeah so you've really got to get it right before you start pushing it through everything so it'll come in baby steps and blue gray on twitter says classic classic and next have have merged uh uh, the finder and os x bringing back an intelligent classic cursor hmm Uh. Uh, and our own uh, Mike Simon on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube uh, chimed in, Morlium. Uh, regarding the battery refund, it's not store credit, electronic funds transfer, or a credit on the credit card used to pay for the battery placement service. Oh, that's nice. Uh, okay. That's even better. Okay. Okay. We were thinking so cynically about Apple. Cash money. <laughs> so you don't yeah. have to buy. <laughs> so they just they just refund you some. So okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. cool. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So there was that news came out, and there was also a thing about today that came out about the uh, data and privacy. This is more in relation to. Uh, I don't know if pe- pe- people have probably noticed that they're getting a lot of privacy <laughs> updates yes. in their email and stuff. Please, and it's a reaction please to opt in right. to this communication. Should, yes. should we just, just insert, insert ours, ours into, into this video? video right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So yes. <laughs> we should just do that update right now for for the viewers, uh, but it's in reaction to uh, some stuff that has happened in the European U- Union. Yeah, the GDPR. Yeah, so uh, Apple today, I, I, did they officially announce something? Because I couldn't find a press release, but they came out with uh, for European users a way to download do a data dump. Of mm-hmm. what Apple's been collecting on you, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like how back in was it a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Facebook, Facebook. had this whole thing where you can collect, yep. look at your data and see what they're collecting on you. You can do the same thing with Apple, um, and it's it's pretty straightforward. If you go to there's a particular website, it's privacy.apple.com. You have to log in with your Apple ID, and if you're in the EU, there is like uh, a particular you you go to an index page that will I think has a link to let you download 
your mm-hmm. data. If you're in the United States, you won't see that. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to get your data. You have, essentially have to make a request to get your data. Right. So you and, have to jump through a couple more hoops. And have you guys done any? Have you guys made your request? And what? Do you know how long it'll take? And what do you expect to see? I haven't made my request yet. So. Um, I haven't, but I've. There's been a few articles where people have done this, and it takes. Um, it has taken the people in those articles a couple of weeks before wow. Apple gives you your thing, and it's. Uh, it's a fair amount of information, but it's a lot less than like Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like they they don't have your pictures. Like they're not right. they're not sending you your pictures and stuff because they're storing those, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. encrypted in a way Apple can't even look at them right. if they wanted to. Yeah. Um. So the stuff that they actually have are things like, um, the uh things like the apps you've downloaded what you've paid for them, things like your credit card information, and the stuff you would expect, the things that they need to do to make their services work. Um, And I haven't seen any real surprises where somebody was like, oh, my God, Apple's collecting that? Because yeah, almost, I really did do my fingerprint. Yeah, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, yeah, right. Nobody's, nobody's fingerprint, nobody's facial information. None of that's collected. Um, that all stays on your device. Yeah. Uh, and everybody... It's sometimes a surprisingly large amount of data, but everything seems to have a clear, oh, well, they need to know this so that they know that I purchased this app. They know that, or whatever, you know, or that they know, oh, when I wanted directions from the Maps app in order to give me directions, they needed to know where I am. (laughs) That kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, if you're interested in doing that, uh, you know, go. it's privacy.apple.com. Um, and it's, it's just a significant amount of data to download. So if you, you know, if you're using like a cellular connection, a cellular <laughs> connection you probably don't want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, or make sure you have enough uh, storage space on your, uh, storage device that to handle the downloads. So, uh, and then another thing that came out today was a report by, um, uh, Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg about a new, uh, Seven nanometer A12 processor that could be in the 2018 iPhones. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense to me. Totally yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem like a crazy scoop to me. I mean, that's kind of predictable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Apple was—they're always bleeding edge on manufacturing process technology. Yeah. Like they were 10 nanometer first. You know, yeah. they pay—they pay the big money to TSMC or and or Samsung, depending on the year, <laughs> um, to to get the first stab at the first stuff off the block. Um, and uh, 7 nanometer will be ready from TSMC this year. There's uh, and, and global foundries. Um, AMD is going to be shipping some 7 nanometer parts, not in large volume, not their premium stuff, but stuff for workstations and all uh, this fall. So but they're, uh, they're sampling processors now and stuff. And these are big, big processors. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, so it'll be... Interesting to see if that, you know, um, when they went from, oh shoot, I just blanked. What is, so that it's the A11 Bionic, right? Is yes, that's, that's the 10 nanometer one. Right. And then the, the previous the A10 was. Either 14 or 16. I don't yeah. remember that node is kind of fuzzy. Some people call it 14. Some people call it 16. Right. These measurements are all kind of wonky because it's like, which features of the chip are you measuring exactly? Right, right. Everybody measures it. Every yeah. manufacturer measures it a little differently. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the main benefits of going like say from 10 nanometer, which is the A11 to, to seven, mm-hmm. is it's you cram uh, all, all the features are shrunk, so you can cram more stuff in an area. Yeah, uh, which doesn't mean the chip is going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. An identical chip would be smaller, but they'll they'll take up that space. Adding more transistors, adding more GPU, yeah. more CPU. More, right, it allows them know, more freedom to to add more stuff, more, stuff more power to, to the chip. Yeah. And and Apple will likely invest heavily in the image signal processor mm-hmm. and their which they yeah. added in the A11, their machine learning block, their block to accelerate machine learning functions right. and stuff like that'll probably get a big boost. And then of course the CPU and GPU will also be faster. But yeah, um, it also at any given at a given sort of clock speed and stuff and and size of chip it should use less power yeah so that'll be good um battery life is so based on your radio operation right. the screen all this other stuff that's like there's a lot of even stuff. if this the chip uses half the power it doesn't mean you get like double the battery life or right. anything um but it's it, you know it'll help them boost battery life too. yeah yeah so that's an interesting uh development i mean it's sort of a. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a surprising revelation. You know, we, this is sort of like the life of a processor, so to yeah, speak. Right. Yeah, it's, it's neat that they got to seven nanometer in a year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not Apple's doing, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, normally so, you, it's two years on a node, right? And it's to, they went from ten to, it, I mean, they were on that sixteen, fourteen node yeah. for a couple of years. They could go to ten, then the next year they're on seven. That's pretty quick. But all credit to. TSMC and Global Foundries right. and those guys who are researching this stuff yeah. to, to get that ready. Yeah. So they have no problem shrinking chip, chips, but, you know, yeah. messages in the cloud. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no analogy there. No. I, just, I just thought it was funny. Then, <laughs> that Apple's silicon guys are on point, though. That's those true. guys yeah. make yeah. incredible chips. Yeah. Like, really world-class mobile chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys are pretty good, so... I don't think we'll see anything. We, we probably won't hear about anything like about this chip at WWEC. Hopefully, we'll mm, hear about stuff no. about uh, eleven point four. At if, you know, if WWDC WC. has chip news, it'll be um, the iPad version of the A eleven, like an A eleven X for an iPad that's the same as the A eleven, but just with a couple more CPU cores and a couple yeah. more GPU cores to. Mm-hmm. to because you've got that bigger thermal envelope and that bigger battery in, a, yeah. in an iPad, they tend they tend to do that. That tend to tends to come at WWDC. So, yeah. if if there's a new iPad Pro or something with an A11X, that's what we'd hear about. Yeah, they, Apple doesn't usually when they talk about their processors, it's at a product launch. Uh-huh. They usually don't yep. go, "Hey, we're working on this." With, exactly. In general, yeah. but they especially don't do that with processors. So. Uh, but yeah, so WWDC just around the corner. I'm sure we'll we'll probably definitely hear more about this privacy issue thing, oh, even definitely. though it's EU centric. Mm-hmm. Apple likes to tout that it's you know it's ahead they, of the game on right. this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they care about. Your they privacy. probably had less to do than other major companies right. collecting right. data to get right. compliant with the GDPR. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. It seems like hey, this is something easy we, that we could do and get a lot out of it. So yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, one thing that we probably won't hear from Apple about at WWDC, but we might hear from the developer community about, is something called the Developers Union. So last week, uh, a group of developers came out with sort of like, I guess it's sort of a proposal 
or an idea. Yeah, it's not really yeah. like a union union, but it's like a listen to us kind of thing. Yeah, that, you know, they quote unquote want to, they want to, it's, want a, pe- to, it's a petition is yeah, what it is. It's essentially a petition, right? There's no formal or organizational structure or dues or anything like that. Right. It's like we, the undersigned do demand yes. and then they want everybody to sign, including non-developers. Yeah. Honestly, right. they're asking people to, to sign up. Yeah. So this developers union, they kind of revealed themselves last week and they want to quote, advocate for sustainability in the app store, unquote. And, you know, as you guys are pointing out, it's not a union real union union so to speak in terms of uh, a uh, traditional labor membership kind of force right that, with, that a lot of people real collective be, bargaining right. we're gonna quit <laughs> if you don't give us our demands like right. there's no right yeah there's no, no, nothing like that so so, so what, what exactly, exactly does sustainability in the app store mean because you're not throwing anything there's no actual physical garbage yeah. right so basically what they this group wants is they want a few things to kind of help promote yes. more sales of their apps. Right. They uh, mean sustainable for developers. They want right, developers right. to be able to make want. a living making apps more right. easily. Um, yeah. And make it easier to try out products. Things like there's that. not yeah. a lot of specifics. They asked for um, better revenue split and trial yeah, modes, which is way behind. They should, that's, yeah. that's a thing that needs to happen. Yeah. And especially like when I do, you know, like take a recent example when I was doing the best note taking apps for the iPad, you know, I got to buy all those. I mean, I, I'm great to do that, but you know, that really adds up and, uh, you know, and it, it's, um, it, 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 so, you know, it, if you were able to see like a little trial version and the only way you can currently do trials for like an expensive app is if it has a subscription mode and right. stuff. And so I know some people, you know, it's interesting to see in the developer community because say Ulysses, uh, productivity app that I use a lot now has gone over to a subscription mode. IA Rider, which is popular and it's very similar, has not. And uh, so the only way that you can try out IA Rider is if you buy it. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, and IA Rider is only like 10 bucks or something, but Scrivener is like 30. Yeah, or and- some apps do you just have to have a separate free app uh-huh. in the store yeah. yes. right. that's yeah. like feature that's feature incomplete yes. and then you can say well but then we have a separate paid app right. so they really mm-hmm. do need a mode where you can say here's the full app and then you, you know it, well, it'll locks. stop working in two weeks or a month right. or whatever mm-hmm. the developer says and then yeah. give us money to yeah so how successful do you think these developers are going to be uh, with these demands the the problem that I would say with that, I was looking through the list of them. I see, I saw a couple of apps that I used in there. I think I was seeing under this 547 apps that have done it. Some of the, I, I recognize some of them. Corculus, which I've used sometimes, that's free, but you can't get it through a subscription. There's also Notes Plus, which is what I considered one of those best note-taking um, apps. But for the most part, I didn't even recognize a lot of them, and I was clicking on them. Some of them didn't even have reviews, if they had reviews. They had three, and I have to admit, I thought it was kind of sad. They're, I admire the calls, but they're you know, it, they need some apps with some greater weight behind it. I think in order for Apple to listen. So I also think they need to make real demands. Yes, like they're the, the demands are not concrete. They go a better revenue split. Well, tell us what that means to you. What mm-hmm. exactly? How, what would you like the number to be? And then there's no threat. They're like, well, please do these things, or else we'll. Um, I don't know, complaints more. Right. Like, you know, there's no, you know, tell you would need a, a critical mass of people who would threaten to pull their apps from the app store or 
you know, to always publish everything to Android first, right? 90 Ooh. days first or something like you, you need to make some sort of, you know, cause, cause right now it's not really bargaining when you, when you ask, you just ask somebody for something and don't, that's not, right. a, that's and not bargaining. That's just asking. Right. You just asking. So they're, else. they're politely asking now. And there's no or else. And yeah. uh, will there and, will there be an or else eventually? Well, I, so according to reports, the this union has a goal this week to have uh, a thousand p- members, mm-hmm. and they're hoping to get twenty thousand by WWDC. Wow! Right before they can approach Apple with, I don't know whatever specifics whatever specifics yeah. of what they would like and have a start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as of now, they're according to the developer union, developers union, the developers union <laughs> dot org website. Just in case people want to go watch, is it, it the worldwide well. developers union? It's www.thedevelopersunion.org. You can check it out yourself. Right now, they have four hundred four four hundred seventy seven people support this cause, which is, you know, they're forty eight percent towards their. 1000 goal for this week. Right. After it, being it's all, the the week's almost up. When did this start? I think it started on Friday, which Black seemed Friday, like an yeah. odd day to for a Friday afternoon to, yeah. to reveal it. So Well, it's Wednesday today. Uh, where do you guys stand on this issue? And if you support it, are you, you know, where do you, where where do you where do you guys fit? Well, this, that's kind of what I was saying. In or in order for the Apple to pay attention to these, they're going to have to get some apps that people actually recognize that, you know, it's kind of like Jason was saying, you know, we're going to pull our apps from the app store. It's going to have to be some figure that's really scary as opposed to this sticker app or something like that. <laughs> I kind of agree with this one developer that was quoted in a recent Wired article where he was saying, uh, you know, I'm not really cool with this. You say, I make all my money from Apple. I don't really feel like I should be throwing rocks at them. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was a very good quote. And uh, They're going to have a hard time getting support from the popular and successful apps yeah. because they're already popular and successful. Right. Exactly. I right. think they would have a lot better success if they were just concrete about saying, like, a better revenue split is going to be tough to, to push because they're not – Apple's not doing what other – digital storefronts don't do, you know, in, yeah. on that front. So they're, they're not, the split isn't weird or anything there. But I think, um, but if they said, hey, we really need, we really want trial modes and apps, like really getting people yeah. together, advocating for that, that could be something. That's something they do need that other um, other digital storefronts do have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's and it's not a good user experience as well not to have that, to have separate paid and free apps for things and stuff like that. That's just not... That's right. not good. That's not the way people are used to working on stuff. So, I, I think I'm with them on that demand. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with. I'm, I'm. I think I'm with them on a lot of things, like the trial things. That's that seems like that's a no brainer. That's yeah. a no brainer. Having you know uh, the revenue cut. So currently the revenue cut is Apple gets thirty percent, and the developer gets seventy percent. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like up a lot. To, up to a. Wait, um, with the subscriptions, so the, they alter it a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's, well, it's not just subscriptions, yeah. but also everything else. Like it's something like after a year and mm-hmm. a certain yeah. amount, the number changes. It becomes eighty-five, fifteen, or something or like 80, that. 20. Yeah. I can't remember the number. Yeah, it changes after a year. Yeah, or so, after X downloads or something. Yeah. So to me, it initially sounded like a lot, but if you consider what 
Apple's doing on the back, you know, they're hosting your app, they're mm-hmm. providing, your, you know, it's essentially the storefront and stuff like that. Maybe it's not a lot. I, I don't know. I, I don't think Apple makes money, significant money off of the app, off of their the 30, cut of the app right, store. The 30%. Like the, the, what it costs them to do the hosting and distribution to check things for viruses to all right. the other stuff that they need to do, provide right. the metrics, the people who work on it. You know, I don't think yeah. that that's... And Apple does have a hu- uh, a lot of resources allocated to support the uh, the app store. There are a lot of people who go in and you know check every app and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So it's not it's not a trivial thing for Apple to do. And but see, that's I, really yeah, nice so. because you know you like you do have the curation. Like I'm trying to wait on this Steam Link app right now for Apple Arcade, <laughs> and you know it was released because you can basically just throw anything you want to on Android. And uh, that's an exaggeration, but uh, it was. Uh, but so Apple has to go through this process, and so you have this curation. Number two, it's also really difficult by comparison to pirate things on Apple, and I think that's a you know kind of a quiet service that they offer to developers that it's a you know mm-hmm. they're actually are kind of protecting their the developer's investment just by virtue of that yeah, alone. Yeah, you can't just go download an APK like you can on yes. Android and just take take something. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the revenues and things like Steam and the Windows Store and all these other things. Yeah. They they take a similar cut yes. with like you know right. give or take a few percent, give or take a, a thing like oh after this many downloads the number changes. So they need People to be specific about, about what do they think is. What do they think is a better revenue? Yeah, story? yeah. So and um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, but, um, no, that's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, but but yeah, I think. Well, oh, okay. Now I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so some of so some of the things that developers have been demanding, like the free trials. You know, the developers have been asking for this for a long time individually mm-hmm. and haven't gotten anywhere. Yep. And so I think. They need, you know, if maybe they need to change their approach, start thinking, and maybe if we go as a group and ask this, maybe it'll be more effective. I don't know. You know, I I, I hope that they're effective. I think that, you know, like we said, this, this seems like no-brainer kind of features that they could offer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like there's an why, – why wouldn't Apple do, the, do this? I don't know why. I certainly think if they if they meet their goal, which I think is – uh, maybe not likely of twenty thousand yeah, uh, developers like a, by yeah. WWDC. If they had that that size to go to Apple and say, "Look at the people who who want right. X, Y, and Z," and they can be specific about what they want, you know, I think that that's a voice that speaks loudly. Yeah. And, and that's right. a lot of developers to if if Apple kind of ignores them, that's a lot of people out there to start making YouTube yeah. videos and get on Twitter and start complaining and then you know start getting viral about their their grievances with the app store. Right. But I, at the rate it's going, I don't think it's very likely that they're going to hit that kind of critical no. mass yeah. yeah, by that time. So, yeah, I think, yeah, in a whole, I think the developer union is a good idea. But, yeah, whether it su- succeed or not, it, it doesn't seem likely at, at this moment. So, uh, which is unfortunate because there are some changes that, that should be made and how to get them done doesn't we don't know you know it does approaches need to be tried and you know different Mm -hmm. approaches need to be tried and they're trying this approach and we'll see what happens so um we're moving right along (laughs) 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 so um we'll go from developers union to more stuff that we've been doing recently specifically life 
is taking a look at the Razer Core X eGPU. He posted a review of it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who aren't familiar with eGPU, so eGPU stands for External Graphics Processing Unit. Yes. And there's a new there's a feature that was released a little while ago for macOS that allows you to connect an external graphics card uh, to boost your graphics performance on your Mac. So I mean, this is reliant on Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, you can't do it on every Mac, but um, Thunderbolt three specifically. Yeah. Yep. So what's coming out now, and, and this has been on the PC for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's on the Mac. So basically you need to get a chassis, mm-hmm. a case that you can put graphics cards in, mm-hmm. and then you connect it through Thunderbolt, and then it boosts your uh, your graphics uh, performance. And uh, Leif took a look at the Razer Core X, and we have a review of it up on our website. So, Which is, is chassis without a graphics card in it. You buy this chassis, right, and then yeah. you buy your graphics card. If you can find a, a graphics card. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and we should mention that Apple only supports... There it is. Oh, there it is. If you're watching the stream, there yeah, it is. If you're watching the stream. It's like a little PC case, yes. essentially. It's got a power supply in there and a little tiny logic board you plug your... Yeah, so basically, you just pull it out, and there's the card. You know, yep. it's like just like Jason said, but it's a good PC. You got your fan, got your power supply... And one port on the back, which is a Thunderbolt 3, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the card itself. And then you just plugged it in. The beautiful thing about this is that, um, first of all, I love how easy it is to put the, the card into this one. When I was first talking about eGPU coverage, it was you know took a long time. This one, it, you basically just saw me do it. Slide it out, put a screw in, and you're done. That's basically it. And another thing that's beautiful about this one is that you just plug it in. Um, that's the way that Mac works. It's it's better than PC in that way because a lot of these eGPUs, you actually have to reboot your computer. Mac, you literally just plug it in. The problem is just that you need a separate monitor to actually get the effect of it. It's not going to work on your native display um, without some advanced work. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh but the you know the nice thing is is that like if i so i mainly work on my macbook pro so i could be using this most of the day out and about and i could come home and i could just slap the you know put the cord into this and boom i have this you know much more powerful graphical uh unit for powering games and Video technically, but for some reason Final Cut Pro doesn't um, <laughs> support it yet. Right, and, needs a patch, and so yeah, that's waiting on a patch. But uh, that's the, the main thing. Is like I, that's the way I see it. If you have like a MacBook Pro or something like that, but you know that's your main device. You got everything on it, and but you would occasionally like to have more graphical power for games or something. You can have one of these, um, three hundred bucks, and then you also got to add whatever the card would cost. That's anywhere from like five hundred to a thousand for the best stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they support any of the recent 500 series, essentially um, AMD stuff or the Vega series. Yeah, it does. It does um, definitely support the Vega, and it does. Like this is the uh, RX 580 in here, mm-hmm. so gives you an idea. No Nvidia. No Nvidia. No older Radeon cards. None of that stuff yet. And the really sad thing about it is when we were saying no NVIDIA, so surely you're thinking, everybody was thinking, I can play a game with this on an NVIDIA card through Boot Camp, through Windows. No, you can't. It does not support Boot Camp. For some reason, Apple doesn't support it through Boot Camp. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, this does the job. It's very simple. Like I said, easy to put together. I love, and it actually kind of powers down when you unplug it. Uh, when you, I mean, when you take the th- Thunderbolt 3 down. So you're not even having to worry about it sucking up power, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, so, but yeah, like I said, you just stick this in, you know, cable into your 
MacBook Pro and boom, suddenly you're you're running. And in six months of mining Bitcoin, you can pay for itself. <laughs> yes. I, I have to admit, I didn't actually talk about that, but when Razor was talking to me about that, you, it was, they could say, and you, you can also do Bitcoin with it. You know, yeah. And it's like, on to the next thing. <laughs> so that was, uh, so yeah, you can, you can shoulder some of the load for your Bitcoin mining mm-hmm. operation onto this as opposed to your Mac. <laughs> so. so when you were do, doing your testing, what, what, what kind of testing did you do? And you know, what platforms were you? Uh, basically like I, I used a couple, like the benchmark Valley. Um, you know, that, that's one that was mainly do for open GL. And, uh, there was a couple of them that I ran for metal. That, um, just like the previous, uh, metal ones. Uh, I mean, previous EPG, GPU coverage I did, um, actually seems to run metal better, which is, but you know, it's just not as widely supported. Um, they, uh, you know, and then I did some in games, um, rise of the tomb Raider came out recently and it has a built in, benchmark and i noticed a couple of other people use it too so it's it's really good to see how a you know graphically intensive game works on one and significant i mean this is not you know the 580 is not a super card but it's a capable card and uh so you know i was getting my 60 frames per second with this in there where on very high settings whereas as it was struggling to get 20 on my native uh Mac, uh, MacBook Pro, I believe it's a Radeon Pro 555 card in there. And uh, I mean, honestly, you're not going to get this kind of GPU power in any Mac other than the uh, iMac Pro. Yes. Yeah. Like even regular iMacs and stuff aren't going to have, don't have the same thing as your full size card, mm-hmm. you know, Radeon and Vega, mm-hmm. Radeon um, products yes. these days. So if you don't want to get an iMac Pro, mm-hmm. you right. know, this is, this is, the fastest you can get. So even if you were to put spend like a total of a thousand dollars on this, that's the chassis and chassis and the uh, right. and the card. Uh, you're still not paying as much as you would with an iMac Pro. Right. So keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, and uh, but uh, but no, for those purposes, for playing high intensive stuff, it's a uh, it's actually it's a shame good. you need an external monitor. Yes, that's that's the worst yeah. part. And you know I. I tried hooking it up to the iMac and think because I saw some discussions on you know Reddit and stuff like that where people were wondering about that and you know sure enough even with an iMac you still need to have an external monitor mm-hmm. so it uh, works though yeah it does you know, yeah. if you've got an iMac with a you know a Radeon five forty that's essentially the mobile variant of right. the Radeon five forty and right. stuff in it you know you can get a huge boost. Going up to a 580 or even a Vega 56 yeah. or something. How many people, people have, have the, the desk, desk space uh, to, to have, have another, another monitor if you have a lot. Yeah, another yeah. monitor and this thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. you were, you know, I, I on my review, you, you'll see where I have the whole setup with my MacBook Pro and this and the keyboard and everything, and you can see how much space that takes up, and that's not including if you're playing a really, you know, a big game that's you know like a 60 gigabit game gigabyte game that's meant to do this uh yeah you're also going to have to have an external hard drive so that's one thing i didn't have on there so <laughs> yeah it's pretty big yes so. and uh they they do also have one um the v2 which now actually supports mac as well uh v2 is thinner but it doesn't have as big as a power supply it's got uh four um usb 3.0 uh Ports on the back. It's got an Ethernet port that strips all that away, and also some fancy lighting. Um, this strips all that away, you know, mainly to get a lower price. But because this, it also charges your Mac at 100 watts, um, you know, out of the total 650 watts, where 500 goes to everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, um, yeah. I mean, for what it is, you know, 
to do that type of job. I, I'm very impressed with it, especially with the ease of use of it. So if I'm not a gamer, but I'm more of a pro apps user like Final Cut. I think you should wait until they get some very clear-cut support for that because I think it would be awesome if it gets to that point. And I know Razer was playing up to me about how it can run on you know two other monitors and stuff and everything. But you got to wait from – the sad thing is is a lot of the deficiencies of it right now are Apple's. I mean, you know, you get this on – hook this up to your PC. It's pretty amazing. I could – you know, it's, it's five stars. And uh, – but, uh, but, yeah, with a Mac, it's uh, – yeah, there's there's a lot of limitations, and a lot of it's on Apple's part. Yeah, because right. Final Cut's support of eGPUs is is very, very, very limited. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, really apparently it's just a couple of functions yeah. that even support it, and yeah. maybe a patch will fix that. I don't know that Premiere does supports it at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm not so. sure. And it's I, I do know I do know that um, like 3D modeling, like if you if you work in you know, oh, CAD game stuff, design. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So if modeling, yes, it Maya, totally that uses kind of Oh, it thing. does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, check out Life's article, his full review on MacWorld.com. It's on our website. Uh, he has a several benchmarks and some photos. Uh, if you want to get a closer look at it. Uh, again, what was the price on it again? Uh, this is two ninety nine. So it's two ninety nine without the graphics card. Without the graphics card. So, so the graphic, like you were saying, the graphics card will run you about between five hundred and a thousand dollars. Or higher. Yeah. yeah. Depend. Yeah. I mean, today's market right. for graphics yes. cards is bonkers, <laughs> right. and especially on AMD's things because they tend to be really good at cryptocurrency mining and they're buying up yeah. all the cards. Can you guys explain the graphics card thing for people who aren't familiar with what's going on going on there? <laughs> So, yeah, (laughs) um, when uh, things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other cryptocurrencies require um, a significant amount of uh, math operations to be done to uh, sustain the blockchain, to discover new uh, Bitcoin and and stuff, they solve like math problems, either. You basically ethers like Ethereum for for the Ethereum network is Ether like is tokens essentially for CPU power and stuff, um, and they're all they can be done much faster on a graphics processor than on a CPU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way the the way the math works out. Um, so people who want to make their fortune in <laughs> Bitcoin and Ether and stuff like that, they build rigs where they've got these like. PCIe extension extension uh-huh. things where they're plugging like six or eight graphics cards into one motherboard, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not a lot of bandwidth. They just need all these hookups to, yeah. um, and so and they're and then they're buying ten of them and putting them on a rack, you know, and, yeah. and there's there's places and you know uh, mining operations where they have thousands of racks just full of right. empty graphics motherboards cards. with graphics processors yeah. on them and no monitors hooked up and all this right. you know so they're just buying them all up because um, after after the cost of electricity and stuff the, the graphics processor will pay for itself in a few months of mining yeah. and then after that you're making money yeah. um, and then of course you have money in your hardware that you could sell off later if you wanted to. Right. So th- they've been snapping up all these these graphics cards right. to do cryptocurrency mining. And for and a while there was a 
shortage of supply mm -hmm. of graphics cards, but I think it's kind of caught up now. Yeah, the price, when I was looking for prices for this, especially on the previous, and that was even like a month ago, um, they'd gone down just a little yeah. bit more reasonable mm -hmm. now. So yeah. hey, they, sh they should be much lower than they are at the point of the life cycle of these graphics cards. They should be way lower than they are. Yeah, so I was, I was talking, talking to Brad, Brad who covers for PC World, World mm -hmm. and he, he was, was saying... saying uh, that yeah, like at, right about now they're, they're kind of back to their, their MSRP, MSRP. Mm -hmm. and yeah, at this point they should probably be about twenty percent cheaper yeah. um, than what they are. So that's Nvidia cards are, uh, yeah. and, and that's uh, and the AMD cards haven't quite come down as much because they tend to be a little better at the cryptocurrency stuff than mm. per per dollar spent. Um, yeah, and Bitcoin. I mean, I, mean, I, I think, think it was, was a lot worse because Bitcoin was at one point close to. Like twenty thousand yeah, dollars. When it was when oh, it yeah. when it rocketed up throughout the last half a year or something to mm -hmm. you know, yeah, over sixteen thousand, eighteen thousand yeah. dollars per Bitcoin, it, it just becomes much more economical your to buy a graphics card yeah, just for that. And I just looked right now and, and Bitcoin, Bitcoin is at seventy five hundred. Yeah. So oh. it's you know, yeah, it's hello. Um but yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I mean at, at this point, point Bitcoin, no one's mining Bitcoin with GPUs. Um, because it's not efficient enough, so they're using like specialized processors just for that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a million other cryptocurrencies yeah, yeah. that are resistant to what they call ASICs. That's what you're talking yeah. about. They have mm -hmm. These these customized chips for mining. Um, yeah, so there, it's still a thing, it's but it's thing. getting better. Yeah. And then, of course, the next generation of graphics cards will come out, and they'll be so much better at mining that right. the, <laughs> the formula will change completely, and they'll buy those up. Yeah. But for a while there, you could look on like gaming forums and stuff and see everybody posting their threads of like Best Buy just totally cleaned out of graphics cards. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. <laughs> empty shelves at Fry's Electronics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a nightmare. Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up in case somebody's like, oh, I'm going to buy one of those, but I can't find a graphics card. I don't understand why. That's yeah. why. So, yeah, if, in case you're not familiar getting, with getting better, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's getting better. So. So I think that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 606. So I'd like to thank Life and Jason. I'd like to thank Dan, our producer. Thank you, Roman. I'd like to thank the audience for joining us. Join us next week. We'll definitely be talking about WWDC because that'll be the show before that show. And we'll also talk about any other topics that come up in Apple News. So uh, join us next week. Thank you very much.